Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Lafayette Comedy, bringing national comedy shows to Acadiana. From Tula Tacos and Amigos in downtown Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Christian Maida, publisher and editor of The Current. It's business, Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. You know, I'm of the opinion that everyone can use an editor. It's useful to have someone to bounce an idea off of and whittle it down to its sharpest point. You know, working with an editor can be kind of intense. That's what people tell me anyway. It's like therapy or professional coaching. You work through bad habits and you confront flaws. You, you, might, you might not even realize that you had. You know, this is starting to sound a little bit like therapy, I'll be honest. And maybe that's a good thing. These days, folks are much more open about getting help. That used to be a taboo, but you know, not so much anymore. And I don't just mean getting help in the traditional senses and tackling stress or some other mental health problem. People are turning more and more to counseling for all kinds of things. You know, how about work? Take it from me. Uh, running a business is an emotionally consuming project. You get attached to your ideas. You lose sight of your big vision and change can be really hard to swallow or even conceive. And sometimes the biggest hurdle in professional development is your ego. Um, Business coach Jeff Martin helps clients get over the hump to entrepreneurial maturity. He specializes in counseling mid-career professionals on how to find another gear in their growth, usually by taking a deeper look at their work and helping business owners figure out what to focus on. Before starting his coaching business, the company Growth Academy, Jeff was a serial entrepreneur himself. He knows what it's like to get attached. Jeff is also an Out to Lunch uh, alumnus for his custom men's clothing line, Short and Fat. Jeff Martin, welcome back to Out to Lunch. Thanks for inviting me. Appreciate it. With, with, with that in mind, let's talk about counseling in the more conventional sense. About 20% of Americans sought mental health counseling in 2019, but the practice of counseling in a social environment expands beyond mental health disorders. Major life events can be difficult to navigate, and our understanding of how stress works has, tra- has changed dramatically. That's why my guest, Marie Collins, says her counseling center, the Acadiana Family Tree, adapts services to pressing community needs. The Family Tree started as a parenting resource center has grown to offer a broad canopy of services, marriage counseling, anger management, trauma, and addiction counseling. Marie is Family Tree's executive director and a licensed counselor herself. Marie Collins, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. You know, Jeff, I want to start with, um, you know, getting help can be actually pretty humbling. And I think that goes across, you know, the spectrum of why people seek help for anything. Um, so that kind of brings me to sort of a business development question. I mean, do people come to you when they're in trouble or, or do you have to go to find him? How do you actually get clients to come to the coaching academy? Well, that's a great question. And, and usually, if we're being honest, before we get help, we have to feel some pain. Um, with business owners and entrepreneurs, we're kind of stubborn. We're misunderstood people, right? Uh, sometimes our own families don't understand us. And so we, we're control freaks. And we, we love that. So it's hard for some of us to admit when we're having trouble. Mm-hmm. And, and like they say, Marie, I'm sure you can appreciate it. The first part of a cure is admitting you have a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so the challenge, the question really was, how do they find me? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do some engagement throughout the community. I'm a mentor at the Opportunity Machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, am starting to mentor when, when they open up the veteran organization oh, cool. uh, because I'm a, I'm a veteran. And um, so I like 
getting involved as much as I can, um, becoming engaged, and, and then getting the word out. Much of my business is um, word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I need to do a better job of the marketing, and I coach marketing, so it's just tough. So I, you know, I understand part of your process, and you know, you kind of do an intake assessment, right, where people Correct. come in. And so I guess I'm curious, like, what a typical client sounds like when they show up. I mean, what what is it that they're saying? Like, hey, you know, I'm on. You yeah, know, I feel like a hamster in a wheel, or, or is it something else? Or what do you usually hear from that person that says, hey, I, I could use some help? Yeah, what what's so funny about businesses and how we start? We we tend to start a business either by a great idea or we're a service provider. Mm -hmm. And when we're starting early on, we develop systems on the fly, right? And as we do that, we're either documenting or not documenting, but as we begin to hire people, um, we become so central to each one of our systems that we can't pull away. Mm -hmm. And our employees and even our customers become so dependent on us that we can't, we have to be there, right? So most of the guys and ladies that I talk with, they've been at it for a little while and they've got to a point in their career and they say, look, I've been doing this for so long, even though I'm great at it and I love doing it, I can't grow my business unless I can, if you wanna fix your bike, you gotta get off the bike, right? <laughs> and so in order to do that, you have to develop systems that aren't so centered on you so you can grow and, and and my people really want to grow their businesses for a host of different reasons spend more time with your family take more vacations uh have more money or just look at the ideas and the opportunities that you've passed over for years and years and years because you just can't do it because if everything if you did grow it and it would all fall back on you you're just spinning your wheels so, so let's switch gears a little bit from, you know, counseling business to the business of counseling. Marie, uh, you know, Family Tree, uh, one thing that it does really well, right? I mean, you guys offer a, a wide range of services and you're, you're also doing this at a sliding scale, which is, you know, a powerful community service. But I, I, it does beg a question, like, how do you guys actually stay open? I mean, you've been doing this for, well, not you specifically, but the, the, it's been around for 20, 30 years. I mean, 40. How that, 40. So 40 have, plus years. You know, not a lot of businesses yes. you would think like, okay, well, pay what you can is, is right. a great model. So how does that work? Um, so as, as you're talking, we are actually not too far from each other, which is really amazing to me. And I don't know how you set this up this way, but um, we are actually... It's literally a lottery. I'm just a lottery. Yeah. Well, it was a God-given lottery. Okay, so. yeah. <laughs> um, so we have been... The Family Trees was originally started by Junior League 40 plus years ago. Wow. And then over the years, they've had different executive directors, which have had different visions along the way. Um, and the longest one uh, was Jim Walton, and he was there, you know, probably 20 years or something like right at the beginning. And I came in five years ago when they were struggling. Mm -hmm. And there was a question of, are we relevant anymore? Like, sure, we do counseling, we do great work, we have our Healthy Start program, we had these core programs, but where are we still relevant? Because they were starting to lose money, and, and so I came in, and just like you said, I became the linchpin in the growth, because I had the vision of where we needed to go and the diversity we needed to have, because we couldn't just sit on what we had originally been designed on. We had to, you have to be flexible with the times. What does the community need? We've got to meet them where they are. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe we had gotten away from that. 
And so I started becoming incredibly involved in the community, even more so than I already was, to really understand what the needs were and then how do we meet them and then where to go about getting a state grant, a federal grant, a local grant, or do we have the community pay for it or do I partner with another agency and provide services with them. So now fast forward five years um, and the company has gone from, we were a about a million dollar company when I started, we're now a two million dollar company wow. five years in. I started with about 12 employees, I'm now at over 40 employees. Um, and I have no no sense of stopping. I have so many ideas <laughs> that it's starting to cripple me in the sense that I now have to get out of the weeds. Just like you're saying, I have got to pull back because I was so involved to make sure everything went like I wanted it to go to get to the vision that I wanted. And now I'm here. And now I'm like, now it hurts. Just like you said, it doesn't hurt. It's starting to hurt for me to be in everything. And so as a counselor, and we can go into what this means and how we work with a client in that way, but for me, I'm now having to step back and look at the big picture and say, where do I have to stop doing things that I love to do other things that I love that are going to grow the business? Kind and of, that's the hard part. It kind of feels like you could use a little bit of Jeff's I help. I mean, I mean, Jeff, while you're here... <laughs> I mean, what, what, what advice would you give Marie at this point? I mean, I know that you haven't done a full intake assessment. I, 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 yeah, and, and, but I can I, feel her pain. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, the reality is you look at her business and you, you figure out what's working and add fuel to that fire. You figure out what's not working and, and we put in a framework that will help you get repeatable results from that framework. It's a system, but have the team build the system following a simple five to seven step framework. Um, I'm not saying it's easy, I say no. it's simple. Right. It, it's oh, really hard to execute. I would say the answer to every problem, execution is the solution. And so if you can figure out the best way to execute and get repeatable uh, results, you'll end up having a profitable, sustainable business. Okay, give me an example of what that means. Um, let's say your Let's say your, your messaging framework. Let's say you're having trouble getting the community to understand what you do, how you serve okay. people. I would, I would say, look, let's talk about your messaging. Um, your company, your, your team, and your people need a, a script to follow. But here's the, here's the cool part about our messaging framework. It's not about us. It's about our customer and the hero's journey that they take. What we have to do, there's been a real big paradigm shift in marketing. When you, can, when you can tell the customer's story and make them the hero, and we as the service providers are really the guide. That's a big paradigm shift that we have to make in our head. And so I would give you a seven part framework that develops a script um, and, and other things would fall from that. Uh, a one liner, uh, elevator pitch. Um, a video script, but that's the product side of it. The outcome is a clearer message so you can tell people, but it's clearer to you, for your team as well. And then it's, the script is so clear that when you tell your story, it's really their story, they see themselves in that story and they realize that you're the strongest character in this movie, the, the guide, because you've been there. I know you can help me. Um, and, and they, because it's, it's formed in a story framework, 
they can go out and repeat the story. So they become your best salespeople, is your, your, your clients, customers. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. I'm talking to Jeff Martin of the Company Growth Academy and Marie Collins of the Acadiana Family Tree. Marie, it sounded to me like you had a real sense of where you come at this point. Like when yes. you entered the business and like, yes. I, I think a lot of people would probably um, sympathize with you, right? And saying like, man, I feel like I've come here mm-hmm. and I'm like looking back and I'm thinking, well, well now I got to figure this, this piece out. So it kind of sounds like this yes. advice would be relevant. So it was another way, a pithy way of me saying like, okay, does that make I, sense? Yes, it actually does. So when I first um, came to the tree, people didn't even know that we were still around because our services had dwindled. And so when I would go out and say, you know, I'm here with the family tree, they're like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. And we'd been around for, you know, 35 years at that point. And I've heard of the tree, what do y'all do again? And so I realized very quickly that our messaging was off. Um, and so now, even five years later, I mean, I have the, you know, the, the fancy PowerPoint, and, but our elevator speech is still not as tight as it needs to be um, because we have so many diverse services. So what I have now started saying is, is I've given them kind of an overview about how we're, we're working with people throughout the course of their lifespan. And so our agency has, in the interest of uh, mental health and education and information and counseling, which is part of our name, mm-hmm. um, that there's no wrong door. So even if I don't convey the message exactly of what you need, what my, what my takeaway point for the individual is, look, there's no wrong door. Just call somebody in my agency, explain, because everybody knows what everybody else does. Mm-hmm. And so they can at least get you in the right place. Um, but I think it's hard when your agency does so many things, and that's where I'm struggling, is we have so many different branches of our tree, excuse me using that phrase, but it's, it works for us. Um, we have so many branches, and I keep adding more, and so how do you explain the 10 different programs that you have without shutting somebody down? Somebody like, I don't wanna hear all that. Like, so then I just say, just call. Just call or go look at our website. Who is that you, the right answer? Who are you ele- elevator pitching to, I guess is my question. Anyone who sits in front of me. Like, But I'm saying like to potential, <laughs> are you talking about how you communicate your message to clients or to, to like you mentioned, grantors and things like that? I mean, is, is it more of a marketing it's, play or is it how do you convince a person? It's more of a marketing play. Okay. Because what we do speaks for itself. Once they understand what they do, what's, what we do and how many services we have, but they don't even know that we have it. So, for example, we have grown our, like, everyone knew we had sliding fee counseling. So, we're like, okay, sliding fee counseling, great. That's usually not something I have to sell. Um, Our Healthy Start program, which is for pregnant moms and fatherhood, and and, um, that one usually sells itself. But our education piece, often people don't realize we have, and you mentioned anger choices, but we're also adding a domestic violence class. So that's gonna be our newest class that we're adding in next month because the community came to us, the city court came to me and said, we need something that's, you know, we need something a little bit different than what's currently available. Hmm. Um, And so we put that together. We have a monthly free webinar that we offer to the community on different topics. And that was my way of introducing the community to all the things we have to offer. So every month it's a different issue, but it's issues we cover. And so people can go to Facebook and see all the issues that we talked about and say, oh, I didn't even know that you could work on this issue. For example, one issue that I am very passionate about is parenting. And right now, parenting in the digital age 
is a, I mean, this is all people talk about. How do I deal with screen time? If I hear the word screen time one more time in my house or from someone else, I may scream. Um, and so I did a deep dive myself into what that means because I have kids and so I had to do it anyway. So now I do a presentation and I can, you know, take it on the road wherever you want. Um, but I have this huge list of presentations that we want to do. Um, and then I have this new idea that I'm working on that I'm in the process of getting trained um, as, as a, a sort of a bomb for our community because I'm very worried about our community right now. A bomb? What, what? Um, a bomb, like B-A-L-M, like a, something to oh, a soothe bomb. our... Um, yeah, okay. So my concern through the... I was concerned since 2016 with the floods because when we had the floods, we had um, what's referred to as... Um, I mean, just trauma. We were traumatized. And now we have had, then we had the pandemic, which is another layer of trauma. Um, And then we had the hurricanes that came in. So now we have even more trauma on top of the 2016 flood. We have the hurricanes. And then two weeks ago, we have this random, whoops, we didn't know it was going to flood. And now Lafayette's flooded. And so now we have a community who has PTSD when it rains. And now we're scared we have overcompensated. So if, you know, one of the weathermen come on and say, oh, it's not going to be that bad. People are like, two weeks ago it was bad and you said it wasn't going to be bad. So now I can't trust you. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to be horrible. Is it really going to be that horrible? So now nobody knows what to believe. So we have all this anxiety every mm-hmm. time it rains. Yeah. So we're looking at a weekend of rainy weather and there are people who are now freaking out. Yeah. yeah. And... So I thought about all this complex trauma because we have trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma and how are we going to address it as a community factor? I can't give every single person counseling. I love to, um, but that is just impossible. I would like to go sit in everyone's home and say, okay, let's talk about your trauma. Like this is my natural nature. And realizing that I am not a superhero has been very difficult for me. Um, And probably any business person, when you realize I can only do so much. And so I started doing a deep dive into trauma work and what we could do on a larger scale. And what I came to was this mindful-based stress reduction program Mm -hmm. that can be done anywhere in a large group um, and tailored to whatever individual needs. So it can be done in hospitals and nursing homes and schools. and, And so there's this large, large application for this. And you can group people, like if there's people who have... Um, PTSD related to the weather, well, we can put them in a group together so that they can have support. Um, And it's an eight-week program, very cost-effective, but I really feel we can have larger implications to help our community. And so that's the newest program that I'm working on, Um, but how do I market that on a ginormous, like, let's cover the entire Acadiana scale? Jeff, I'm wondering if, if a lot of what Marie's talking about shows up in any way in terms of business uncertainties, right? Like where, I mean, it's one thing for a person to kind of come to you to say like, you know, I've got logistical problems. I've got so many spinning plates and I don't know which one to put down because I mean, that would seem to be kind of more typical you know, thinking through business growth. But do, do you find that, that pe- people go through, you know, uh, community traumas and then that becomes something that shows up at your doorstep in a way? I 100%. Mean, like, what does that sound like? I mean, like? Let, let's look at what happened. She, she just listed all of the different types of trauma here in Acadiana. If you think of, let's just take COVID and the, the trauma that we had throughout the United States and throughout the world. Look at our businesses and look at how many people were on the edge prior to COVID. And, but for some funding, they would not have made it. 
So they have more companies that are close to closing their doors and some of them didn't make it, even with funding. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was for those business owners, and I can tell you that I, I've had good times and I've had terrible times as an entrepreneur. You most certainly learn from each one of those and I would not make the same mistakes twice, mm -hmm. um, but they can be very, very expensive lessons. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to coaching, and I don't want to go into sales mode, but we all could use a coach, uh, whether it's, in our lives, a counselor or someone to bounce ideas off of, but somebody to help us become better at what we do. And, and um, they have to be objective. They do. And, and you, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be honest and you have to look at the real data. Like th this is the data. And then when you come to a guy like me, um, we can, we can get to work, uh, but it's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's kind of a holistic look at everything. You got to look at everything. Why do people trust you to do it? I mean, that, that's, a, that's a lot, right? Yeah. You talk about vulnerability, and I know in the counseling world, right? I mean, building a relationship with your counselor is really important. If you don't trust them, you're not going to get anywhere. It seems like a very different environment in business, right? But, but it, it, how, how do you get somebody to really trust you with that vulnerability? Well, I have to be vulnerable, too. I have to explain to them that I've, I've learned a lot of this through the School of Hard Knocks. I have, except for my four years in the military, I've been either self-employed or, or a business owner, entrepreneur, all my life. So the experience helps with, with that. Um, but again, it's not just the fact that I've sold four businesses, which is not easy to do. It's that I've gone through tough times and I can relate. Um, and I've made it through the other side. <laughs> I can tell you in one business, um, it was a, a global and a national franchise company. Started right here in Lafayette, Louisiana. I was the franchisor. We were the fastest growing franchise, you know, there was at one point. Um, it did not work out the way I, I, I hoped it would. And so I, um, those experiences have been invaluable to me. Um, I was able to sell that company, but uh, not for what I wanted to, you know, <laughs> but, but um, the neat part about it is you got to go into business um, operating it like you're going to sell it, whether you want to sell it or not. And, and that's, oh, absolutely. You know, cause you're going to create systems that make you more valuable. You're going to create systems. It, a, nobody buys a company that is not well run, well managed and has a great client list. You know, you're selling the list. Anybody can go set up a dental practice, but if you can buy a practice that's already in, you have a book of business, it's more valuable. Hmm. So you have to think about that when you're starting and or growing your business that uh, one day I have to have an extra strategy and it might be sales selling it. And so you develop those systems and document it to do that. Uh, that makes sense. The documenting part's the hard part. It's Why really that? I got this because the systems are all in my head. Uh, yeah, if I get hit by a bus, we're screwed. You would be a great client. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done a nonprofit before? Uh, I work with nonprofits, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I just, look, it's not my job to sell things for you, but I'm just saying, like, right. it sounds okay like we could do some help. And it's not because I'm, like, judging. I'm just, you know, she's by right, her own admission. Right. I got to feel like... You know, Marie, the, what he just described in terms of like experience and sympathy and all this, that has to sound kind of familiar to you as a person who sits on the other side. Absolutely. Of the chair, you know, in terms of the process, right? I mean, so. Absolutely. Is that, 
but a lot of like therapy, right, is going through training. You get certifications and stuff. But how much of being a, 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 a successful therapist, however a person defines that, is about coming at it from personal experience? Some of it is. Some of You have to establish rapport with the person. They have to trust you, all of those things. Um, but just like you're saying, you have to be, as the counselor, you have to be, you have to see that person. You have to see that business for what it is, not for what they're telling you it is or not for what it looks like. You got to look at the data and say, okay, this is how you feel about it, but what is the data actually telling you? Is it telling you that that really is a good thing or is it telling you it's not a good thing and the belief system you've created around it? And that's the holes that you have to start poking through. Um, and so the answers are inside the individual. And, and so it's getting them out. Like I'm not, you know, psychic and can, you know, oh, I know exactly what you need to do. Let me wave my crystal wand. And um, it's getting them to say the answers and then writing it down so that they can see this is what they need to do. Getting it out of their head so that they can see, oh, holding it up to that light that says, no, this doesn't work anymore. And that's where that pain comes in. Mm -hmm. That kind of reminds me, this is a weird uh, analogy, but I went to a funeral, a friend of mine died a few years ago, and the priest said, you know, this guy had started to see himself differently, so he started to act differently. And that's what I do when I get with a business owner, is if I can, I see your business from a different perspective. You're so far in your business that you, they the always know the what needs to be done. They know how to do it because I told you about that bike. They're so busy pedaling, they can't take themselves out of the business, look from a different perspective, so then therefore take actions in a different way. And so with, with an outsider, just like a counselor, you can help them take a different perspective and then therefore take different actions. Exactly. They're so scared to get off the bike. If I get off the bike, everything's going to fall apart. And, and so our job is to just help the pedals still move while they get off the bike. That's, that's, that's a really powerful thought. I mean, like, um, it's, it's impressive, right, to think that, that it, we all think that we see the world objectively, right? And it's like, you we can do only, not. And we do not, right? And it's, that, that's where it's always helpful, even though other people may also not really see the world objectively. Like, getting the sense of the way the world looks from the other side of the table is always very powerful. Or for the reality of it. Indeed. And, and, and look, I mean, it seems like both of you are having good success in providing that service to people, both, you know, across the couch or across the, uh, the conference table. So, so thank you guys for doing it. And of course, more to the point, thanks for joining me on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you for having me. My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been business coach Jeff Martin of the company Growth Academy and Marie Collins, executive director of the Acadiana Family Tree. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on KRBS, and you can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Marie and Jeff and what they do by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast, which you can find anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our social media. These photos were taken by Lucius Fotno, and you can find more of, his, more of his work at lafphoto.com. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by Kieran McIntosh. Our associate producers are Molly Richard and Jan Risher. Our researcher is Ty Benowitz. 
I'm Christian Mader. I'm editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit source for local news. And you can find out more about what matters in Lafayette by heading over to our website, thecurrentla.com, and signing up for our newsletter. I'll see you here again next time around the lunch table for more business Acadiana style. And out to lunch, Acadiana. Bye-bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Tula Tacos and Amigos. Tula Tacos and Amigos offers street-style tacos, margaritas, and an open-air courtyard on Jefferson Street in the heart of downtown Lafayette. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and by Lafayette Comedy, bringing national comedy shows to Acadiana. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed, and at MitchellForeman.com. 